0: You're listening to 1232, an audio epic, produced by Rumble Stump Entertainment. Chapter 5 Pastor Rubin sat in his study, poring over a devotional, when he heard a knock on his library door.
1: Passa, por favor.
0: His calm voice carried to the outside. The door opened and shut before he looked up from his Bible.
1: Taff, what a surprise. Did we not settle your questions earlier on the phone? Or did I confuse you so much that you had to come talk to me in person?
0: He said smiling as he walked around the end of his desk to shake Taft's hand.
1: I need you to hide me, Pastor. From whom? I must assume you have left Black Dagger for good. I do not think that this is a cause for them to be hunting you. Or is there something you have yet to tell me?
0: The old pastor's words were kind Yet, he knew the intimate details of Taft's story.
1: I'm hiding from the government as well, and I need you to stay near your phone. Oh, well, I've always worked with the authorities. Why would you need to be hiding from them? Well, they could accuse me of terrorist acts, Reuben, and I have no documentation, no proof that I am legally in this country. You know I cannot tell the truth. They would never believe me. I'm afraid you are right.
0: Reuben said, shrugging his shoulders.
1: There is a fellow employee they've turned on for a reason I am uncertain of, but I feel I need to protect her. I told her to call here, and I would make sure she was safe. I will not ask more of you than to wait here until I hear from her.
0: Pastor Reuben had a way of settling a desperate situation with a gentle smile.
1: That's fine, son. I know I ask a great deal of you, my friend. They will look for me.
0: Taff recalled Lewis's earlier threat and suddenly regretted involving the pastor. He couldn't live with himself if he brought trouble to the one man who had brought him so much peace.
1: If you are sorry you asked me for help, don't be. This is what the Father made me for, to help those who need it. Let's ask him right now for strength and wisdom.
0: Reuben said, gripping Taff's shoulder.
1: He always has a plan, and he never fails. God is going to carry you through, my son. He will.
0: Taff nodded as the pastor said a prayer. Nothing now remained but to wait. Hey, real quick. Let's hear a word from our awesome sponsors who make this show possible. Then we'll get back to the episode.
1: This episode of 1232 is sponsored in part by Oasis Family Media and its family of companies including Oasis Audio, Enclave Publishing, and Sky Turtle Press. Publishers of the forthcoming epic Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, rendered in modern prose by Rebecca K. Reynolds and illustrated by Justin Girard. For more information, visit fairyqueen.com. That's fairyqueen.com. Or find the link in the description below.
0: Hello, 1232 listeners. This is Callie Sue, and I'm excited to tell you about Dramafy, the ultimate platform for creators and fans of audio dramas. With oodles of genres, hundreds of shows, and thousands of episodes, Dramafy is your go-to streaming service exclusively for family-friendly audio dramas. Whether you're a devoted listener or a creator of a family-friendly masterpiece, Dramafy has something for you. And guess what, 1232 listeners? You can now enjoy 1232 on Dramafy. Just go to dramafy.com forward slash 1232. That's D-R-A-M-A-F-Y dot com slash 1232. And get started for free. Happy listening.
1: Looking for quality loose leaf teas and coffee? Look no further than atticustea.com. Use our promo code 1232 for 32% off your first order of the finest tea and coffee. From AtticusT.com.
0: Rona hung up and walked back to the car. Flint was stretched out, snoring in the back seat. She half sat on the hood, searching the sky for a star. She reached up and pulled the hair tie from her ponytail and scratched her scalp with both hands, groaning.
2: I don't suppose you'll let me drive.
0: It was Flint. His voice sounded clogged because of the earlier injuries to his nose. Rona ignored him. She preferred to listen to the roar of the freeway instead.
2: This is ridiculous, Rona.
0: Flint punctuated this observation with a loud grunt as he untangled himself from the back seat and stood up.
3: Will you go get me a drink or something? What, you want me to go get you a drink? Do I look like your mama?
0: Rona shot back at him in a heartless tone and followed up with a stabbing glance.
2: Yeah, actually, you kind of do. I only ask because I'm not leaving this car, not while you have the keys. Flint
0: stomped around the opposite side of the vehicle to face her, keeping a safe distance out of her reach. A bright pair of headlights swept across as someone pulled into the gas station. Rona watched the car pull up to the pump. Two men got out and made it a point not to look their way. Their father's vintage car caught everyone's attention, and the sight of two people as beat up and bruised as they were would have made anyone look twice.
2: I want
3: to cope.
0: Flint said, crossing his arms. He knew he was testing her by pressing the issue, but he wouldn't let it go either. They had that much in common. Okay. Rona responded absently, still watching the men at the filling station. She noticed one of them nod in their direction while the other reached for a cell phone. After Taft's warning, she knew she couldn't take any chances.
2: Okay? Really? <laughs>
0: Flint was surprised.
2: Well, okay, uh... let's go.
0: Go. Get in now! Rona immediately turned the key as soon as she hit the seat. Oh, I thought you meant... Flint stammered as the car moved. This time, he got in before she took off. Rona spun out onto the frontage road and hit the interstate, still heading west. They could hear tires squealing behind them. In the rearview mirror, Rona could see them follow her onto the entrance ramp.
3: Let's see what this pony can do.
0: She muttered through clenched teeth as she shifted gears and began weaving in and out of semi-trucks
2: you psycho? You don't
0: have to show up! Flint ducked as they flew past a truck and whipped into a small space between two semis. He was much less confident in her driving abilities. Rona paid him no attention. She attempted to pass the truck in front of them, but her pursuers caught up and pulled alongside them. Flint, on the floorboard, muttered about how stupid it was to hide. Since the car was going to wreck anyway, Rona didn't waste time. She put her foot down and steered right. Luckily, there was a shoulder big enough. She raced around the side of the 18-wheeler and hopped back into the proper lane, then over to the left, and weaved her way on. Flint squinted at the speedometer. He closed his eyes again. The noise of the interstate seemed to lessen, and he could feel the engine calm. They must have exited off the freeway. He risked sitting up. Rona kept her face set forward, darting her eyes between the road and the rearview mirror.
2: This is deplorable. This whole situation is just deplorable. It's, it's despicable. It's outrageous. I'm a hostage to my own sister.
0: But he reminded himself that he came voluntarily, even if that was a rash decision. Rona turned the radio on. Heavy metal. Flint hated heavy metal.
2: I can't take that.
0: He reached over and turned it down. Rona didn't respond for some minutes. Then she turned it up. Oh, yes, you can. Instead of turning down the volume, Flint reached over and slugged Rona in the arm. She reciprocated by punching him in the leg. Both of them whimpered, but came back for more.
3: Okay, I'm done.
0: Rona slammed her hand over the radio and turned it off. Flint melted back into his seat.
3: Look, you need to know a couple of things. I have to get to a safe house in New Mexico by tomorrow night. This car is the only way I can get there right now, so cut me some slack.
0: Rona knew it was risky to let Flint in on her troubles. She didn't know him. Didn't know his strengths, if he had any. Babying him was out of the question. The surest way to protect yourself was to make sure Flint didn't blow their getaway.
2: I don't know what you mean.
0: Flint responded curtly, jolted from his pity party. His nerves were getting the better of him, again.
2: Isn't running like jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire, so to speak? I mean, The FBI can't really charge us with anything unless they have more proof.
3: I said nothing to you about the
0: FBI. What do you know? Rona answered and then gave Flint a surprised look. Wait,
2: what's what this? Wait, what do you know about them?
3: No, you first. That's who was tailing us back there. What are you not telling me? She turned
0: her head to look him in the eye. She could summon a threatening appearance out of nowhere, a look she had perfected in the ring with her opponents.
2: I can tell you why the authorities might want me, but you are going to have to tell me why they want you.
0: Flint pointed his finger at her head, and couldn't help but get hot under the collar. Knowing he had been cornered, Rona didn't respond for some minutes while Flint fumed.
3: Look, buddy, we're already caught if we don't work together for a while. It doesn't make me happy either, having to cooperate with the one guy in the world I could never trust, but hey, that's the way it's gotta be. Tell me what I need to know. Flint thought about it. His hatred
0: had to go somewhere. In all these years, he aimed it at Rona. Now, she was all he had in the world. That didn't mean he loved his sister. It just meant that as long as she was around, his loneliness had company. And then a wave of fear penetrated his heart.
2: I miss you, dad. If only you were here.
0: He harnessed his nerves and spoke casually.
2: I, unlike you, have been searching for dad since he disappeared and honestly, I'm shocked at where it led me. Remember how my apartment was full of all that stuff?
0: Flint was trying hard not to let himself get too excited. Rona raised an eyebrow.
2: Well, I use it to gather data on a terrorist or a cartel. See, when I was looking for Dad, his trail went cold on a government-contracted scientific mission, supposedly in Michigan. Dad had found something that would aid us in the space race, or so he thought. And remember, now we have a space force, see, and someone wanted to keep these strange meteor fragments out of the hands of NASA or something like that. <clears throat> But actually, I found out that Dad was really in New Mexico, around the White Sands Missile Range somewhere, because the private contractor they hired, get this, is called Black Dagger. These guys are based in New Mexico. They specialize in South American security details, and New Mexico's border is so open, they can come and go easily, you see. Plus, their security contracts are a cover-up. I'm probably the only person outside that organization to know they are actually arms dealers. Anyway, Rona, are you listening?
0: Yeah, get to the point. Rona snapped. This was unexpected news.
2: Anyway, I was trying to figure out what Black Dagger was doing, but in the process, I uncovered this cartel, their mule train routes, crossing locations, pickup schedules, everything. And it turns out that Black Dagger actually sells them weapons, you see. Are you following me?
3: Yeah, national security is a joke.
2: Right, this one company has done more to destroy this than ISIS or whatever. I mean, these mercenaries are literally striking at America's weakness by- So? So, I promised all my information, including the cartel stuff, to the feds for-
0: Whoa! Rona swerved to miss a deer, just barely clipping it with the passenger mirror. That woke her up. Go on. Flint cleared his throat again. <clears> throat>
2: uh, in exchange for the research Dad was doing right before he disappeared. With that, I'm positive I can find him. Did you give them the information?
0: Rona asked as she slowed down, entering a patch of early morning fog.
2: No, they hadn't agreed to my terms yet. I had to sweeten the deal, you know, demand some cash for what I know.
0: Flint flushed, remembering how uninterested his FBI contact had been. Not even the press wanted his information for a story. Flint lurched over the seat and unlatched the top.
2: Do you mind stopping so we can put this up? I, I don't want to get wet.
0: Rona glided the car to the side of the road and killed the engine. They both got out and worked to raise the canvas top. She wasn't much help with a set of broken ribs.
2: You want me to drive for a while?
0: Rona was exhausted. (sighs) Whatever. She laid back on the passenger seat and closed her eyes. Clint started the engine and put it in gear. He killed it, starting out.
3: Can you even drive a stick?
0: Rona looked at him like he was from another planet.
3: Oh yeah, sure, sure.
0: He restarted the engine and lurched off in second gear.
2: It's just been, well, several months, you know.
0: He knew he was unconvincing. You're
3: gonna flood it.
0: She stepped out and Flint reluctantly scooted back over to the passenger seat. Good
3: God in heaven.
0: Rona said as she sat back down. Flint sending her a stabbing glance.
3: What? what I say? Oh...
0: Rona remembered now. She had broken one of Flint's rules, offending his religious sensibilities.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry.
0: Rona mockingly folded her hands in prayer.
3: Forgiveth my
0: sinneth. She was amusing herself, but Flint disapproved.
2: Don't act like that around me. What? I was only praying. Rona, you don't pray. You you don't even believe in anything. That's offensive and inappropriate.
3: Come on, Flint. Who's the hypocrite here?
0: Rona said, leveling her gaze at him. Flint leaned over and shoved Rona hard enough to jam her into the door. The blow caused a flood of pain. She lost vision and felt nauseous. She tried to get a breath, but she couldn't and blacked out. Flint sat up, shocked. Rona? He shook her shoulder. He pulled her over to the passenger seat, letting her lie on her side with her head close to the door.
2: She's just faking it,
0: he told himself. He revved the engine and lurched onto the road again, grinding the gears to shift to second and then third. Once he settled in, he stopped fussing over driving a stick shift and reflected again. Glancing over at Rona, he felt remorse dig at him. His concern grew as the minutes passed, and she had yet to stir. For a fleeting moment, Flint let his thoughts take him to a dark place. A place he kept at bay. A world where he was all alone, again. His mother, father, and sister, gone. Leaving him with no one. A tear trickled from the corner of his eye, down to the edge of his nose. He wiped it away quickly. Stealing a glance in Rona's direction to make sure she didn't see. He pressed harder on the accelerator.
2: I can't be left alone. Not now. I'm gonna find you, Dad. And we are gonna be a family again if Rona can clean her act up in time.
0: His sister had not budged. She might need help. And they were in the middle of nowhere. Flynn's mind began reeling with worry. He looked over and noticed her trying to move.
2: Rona, are you okay?
0: He leaned over and heard her moan. She was attempting to raise up. Flint grabbed her arm and helped pull her upright. She looked white as a sheet. Flint stopped watching the road and had drifted off into the shoulder. He suddenly noticed and overcorrected, setting the car back between the lines. When the car swerved, Rona screamed in pain. Flint panicked, listening to her gasp for breath. She muttered some choice words in Flint's direction before she said, You have to turn left up here. Flint ground the gears, and the car jerked and dove around the corner.
3: Just keep straight.
0: Rona inhaled and exhaled slowly.
3: When you get to the top of the hill, I
0: need your phone again. Her nausea lingered. Getting somewhere safe was
3: her primary concern, but not just anywhere. Why am I so willing to trust Taff and head to his safe house? Maybe at last fate will speak to me, she wondered. Flint stopped the car on the top of
0: a hill. They had been on the road for hours, and it would be morning soon. He took a deep breath, while Rona dialed a number on his phone. You've been listening to episode 5 of 1232, produced by Rumble Stump Entertainment, written by Callie Sue and Cheyenne Bell, narrated by Callie Sue. Today's voice talents include Aldo Montes as Pastor Ruben, Matt Burke as Taff, Robin Cage as Rona Thatcher, and Corey Keller as Flint Thatcher, with original music composed by Callie Sue and Jet Black with Rumble Stump Entertainment. Edited by Casey Caballero, Caballero Sounds. Mastered by Zach Bryant, Nine Moon Mastering.